throat to make this happen it's my amy lee voice <laughs> that was a that was a time in history wasn't it it was a time in history wow 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 my owen wilson's, <laughs> owen wilson's in the studio today <laughs> what a pair owen wilson and sean connery oh man would you watch a buddy cop movie with those two fuck yeah i would do it <laughs> absolutely <laughs> Million dollar idea. <laughs> How bad would that be? Uh, it, very polarizing. It could either be <laughs> the world's best creation, the best duo known to man. It's the secret that someone unlocked and some director is just like, I, I knew it. I knew it. Such chemistry. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. This is going to be a giggly episode. Um, yes. Mm. Oh, oh, dude, boy. I have a hunter story for you. I've been dying to tell you this story. Tell me. I pulled... Uh, this is going to sound real bad at first. I pulled my groin this week. And Charlie... Wasn't it not like... I know! In the last episode, we talked about pulling your groin. I know! <laughs> and okay, Monica. I'm so mad about this. Okay, so... But it's... Uh, I pulled it in the most absurd way. Hmm. Charlie... It's a ridiculous story. And I just, after it happened, I was just like, what, what is this life? And <laughs> what is like, this life? So, first of all, you've met Hunter. He is. Yeah, I'm aware. Very, he's rarely ever startled. Okay. Like, he's cool-headed. He doesn't ever really overreact mm -hmm. at anything. Yeah. Ever. Very chill. Very chill. And, like, I mean, if there's, like, a snake, a few, he, like, if we're walking outside or whatever, I'm always barefoot and stupid, not paying attention. And he's always scanning and always looking. Mm -hmm. And if he sees something, oh, look, and he'll pick it up and move it. He's he's very calm. Well, he's probably the reason you will stay alive. I know. <laughs> it's like it's just like the song Orpheus, like the Sean James's song. Like, basically, it, she's walking through the woods and not paying attention and gets killed by a snake because it, she's not paying attention. She didn't have a hunter. I, I know. And so, like, that's his thing. Yeah, he, he makes sure of that. And so, like, when he puts on like a danger voice, mm. I listen, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, I know that really something's wrong. Mm -hmm. So we were in the vehicle and we were driving to his uh, family gathering on the fourth and just talking away. We we're in the pickup, kind of like the, the work truck. It hadn't been driven in about a week and a half. So we we're like, we'll take it. I'm so concerned with how this Charlie. is going to happen. <sighs> so we're driving on a road we've been driving for 30 minutes probably i'd say by this point and we're just talking and driving and i'm looking out my window and i hear him in a deadly serious no bones about it voice and he said and we're again we're driving and he goes get out of the car <laughs> already we have slowed considerably and we were like slowing down and i was like what and he said just get out of the car like get out of the car and so we were very slow and like i'm telling you he like I, it, something was wrong and i knew there i just knew there had there was a snake in the truck <laughs> and, I, and so we're like i open the door and we're like rolling to a stop we're not going fast but since we're rolling to a stop i just bail <laughs> But I was in wedges, 
And so oh, I no. I landed with my legs, but I was I was <laughs> holding on. Like I landed and just immediately pulled my groin. Like <laughs> your foot in the floor it just the way i stuck that landing to be able to land in wedges your groin just snapped off and by the grace of everything i had done yoga that morning and it was like all it was a groin session so i think without that i might have snapped my groin i'm not sure but and so we're to a stop and he gets out of the truck oh and i like look up at him like what was worth that like (laughs) There better be a goddamn snake in the car. Charlie, he he could have kissed it. Next to his face was an actual tarantula. Oh, shit. And he just kind of, I think, for the first time, actually panicked. Like, I've never seen him panic. And I mean, like, he was just driving and he went to look out of the window. And on the window, on his right, was a actual living, breathing, huge, furry tarantula. Oh. And so I looked up and then at first I was like furious and then I just saw it and the enormity of it was honestly breathtaking. (laughs) And he was just like, what? I didn't know what to do. He was like, I was scared you were going to freak out and I was freaking out. We just had to get out of the car. Okay, I get it. So the, the, the whole time this tarantula is just chilling somewhere in the vehicle. Yeah. That whole drive. It was just sitting so close to his face. Yeah. Oh my god! And so, that was our trip. Was it worth it? I, was I, it worth the groin pull? I think I don't know. You know, I, I think it was either that or he was. I think that was his way to keep from flipping, like flipping the vehicle. You know, like he handled <laughs> yeah. the shock and just being like, uh, "We gotta get out." Yeah. You know, instead of me, which I would have pulled the wheel and flipped us eighteen times and killed us. I like, would have probably panicked and, and not just let to go be, of the wheel. not to be cruel, but like. I probably would have smashed it against the wall. I can't, I can't kill spiders. I can't, see, that's the thing. I can't either, but my initial, re- like, if somebody jumps out and scares me, I can't help it. I'm not a violent person, but my instinct is to, like, throw hands. See, I have no fight response. I have all flight. I'm freeze. I, but, but, but in moments of, like, jump scares, I, no, I wish I did. Uh, Flies come by, I, I don't have that. I have a recoil response. Mm. And so it's like, I know I would have probably with my hand on the you wheel. fainted like a goat behind the wheel. That's true. I could have died. And so I'm glad he was driving. And I'm, do- I'm glad he told us to exit the vehicle. But I wish I wouldn't have pulled my groin in the process. What happened to the spider? Uh, it crawled into the dash. Are you kidding me? No. I'm going to freak out. Yeah. Did you get back in the car? Yeah, we had to go home later. We opened up all the vehicle or all oh. the windows and shit for a very long time, and it probably crawled out. Yeah, I mean they're not stupid. Yeah, um, they don't necessarily uh, bite. I don't. They're usually Do they? not super aggressive. I mean, yeah. they can flick their little hairs into your mm-hmm. eyes, which is that creepy thing they can do. And some of them are kind of aggressive, but it was just like a. Have you seen a tarantula? Mm-hmm. It's been it's been a very long time since I've seen one in the wild. Yeah, they're not super common here. Mm -hmm. You know, in South Texas, they're like fucking grasshoppers. They're everywhere. But here, it's a rarity. And and out west, anywhere deserty. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There was one growing up in our swimming pool, and we went to knock it off the steps, and it just spilled baby tarantulas everywhere. It was terrible. It was horrible, man. That makes me want to die. I've never forgotten. I want to leave this body. I was probably like five years old and I've never forgotten it. I'm going to shuffle off this mortal coil right now. Goodbye.
There's that. That's dramatic. I'm mostly good now. It was only like a two-day. How's your groin? It was like a two-day issue to where I couldn't lift my left leg, save groin pain. <laughs> and um, we're good now. Do you think hashtag groin pain's going to be? <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, you don't realize, like, that tendon, you don't realize how much oh, yeah. you use it. Yeah. I mean, just moving your leg at all yeah. puts strain on it, and it's insane. But it's good now, and I'm glad that I am an advocate of groin yoga, because otherwise I might now have no groin. It might have just snapped <laughs> in half. I thank my stars for my limber groin that day. You woke up and on some level you knew you needed to stretch that thing out. <laughs> oh my god. Beautiful. Huh. So that was your week. Jeez, I'm trying to think of anything that compares. I didn't snap my groin in half. Okay, so I actually did, and this leads right into my topic here today. I sliced the shit out of my finger. Not with even a serrated or a razor? Oh, no, with a razor. That's at least, okay. Mm. I would. I know it bleeds a lot, but I would pick that over a serrated yeah. meat knife it was like any day. And it hurt. Let's see, the thing that freaked me out is it was in our shower. And my husband shaves with one of those safety razors mm, mm-hmm. that you install yourself and everything. And the thing is, a disposable razor you get from the store, the razors kind of lie on top of themselves, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So there's very little room to actually, it's probably not cutting you, yeah. it's save for little nicks, <clears throat> right? On a safety razor, there's a good little gap there. I love how they're ironically called safety razors. Safety they're razors. so not. And I guess I hadn't been paying attention. I had laid my bar of soap on top oh, of it. Oh, no. So I just jammed my hand down. Oh, I hate razors. They feel so creepy. And the thing is, I didn't feel pain. But I immediately knew something was wrong. Yeah. And I don't want to get too graphic, but let's just say it was middle of the finger. Oh. Right. I mean, there was nail involved. Oh. It was bad. That's not good. And I'm just freaking out because wounds on like your head and then on the tips of your fingers and things like that, they bleed a lot. They do. Got lots of little... Um, blood, vessels. Blood, vessels, blood vessels. So it was, I mean, it was going. Well, and a razor cut in general bleeds. It bleeds, like everything. So I'm freaking out and I'm too scared to look at my finger because I don't feel pain. And yeah. I'm like, something's wrong. I'm missing a finger. I'm, yeah, I was like, my finger is cut in half, which I wasn't too far off from. But I get Clark in there and he bandages it up. And like, just ever since then, it's just, it sucks so bad to have this minor little cut on your on your dominant hand it is a pain in the ass because up until now it's been bandaged like bandaged yeah yeah and today i'm just have a, like a normal bandaid on so i know this story is great if you so. need any i have some uh the sticky gauze stuff if you need any like the bandage athletic i am tape. so tired of that stuff i know because i mean i've had that on and today i'm just like you know what i'm just gonna double band-aid it and yeah. i'm fine but it has been um obnoxious 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 but that does lead into my topic speaking of what are we talking about today all right i'm talking about something you inspired me when you did the ancestral episode because in a way that you were talking about like one of the most natural big components of your practice Mm -hmm. and um you know something that got you started and i it got me thinking about mine and something that everybody knows is really something that i do a lot and a lot of people do but I wanted to talk about a little bit of the reasoning and the benefits of nakedness in your practice. Oh, we're talking about warm and naked. We're talking about one of your two favorite colors. Uh-huh. 
Yeah. All right. And uh, I, I want to, it's a very um, confronting topic mm. in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I want to, you know, I really today, I wanted to address why that is, mm-hmm. why the concept makes us so uncomfortable and what bypassing that uncomfortable response can bring. Okay. And I'm very excited about it. It was one of those things to where I opened my book and my pen just exploded. Yeah. It just went going yeah. and going. And I was several pages in and just different. Uh, I just read a bunch of different, um, really, like, things that people wrote about their own practice. It wasn't mm-hmm. even, like, as much of academia, just, like, people's experiences with it and their practice. And there's always these overarching similarities mm-hmm. with all of it. And I used that as well as kind of my own and put together, I don't know, just like a, I, I'm not like trying to lecture everybody to be like, you got to be naked to be enlightened, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that is not what I'm trying to say. But I do want to talk about the benefits mm. of being able to get to that point yeah. to where it feels fine. Yeah. Uh, and it's work. And I'm very excited about it. Yeah, because as somebody who is um, terrified of this idea. Yeah. Um, and and I've seen that before. You know, some people have a lot of, they confront a lot of issues mm-hmm. for being, what is it? What is it? Sky, sky clad? Sky is clad. That what it is? Yes. yes. Um, and especially, like, I know a lot of people out there feel really strange about it because sometimes their body doesn't match who they are. You know, and and sometimes some people are like, you have to do it in front of other people. And it's like, can be this big, scary thing. It absolutely can. So I would like some, um, I want you to to walk me through it. I'm very excited. I hold my hand the whole way. I was, I was, I finished writing it about three minutes before you got here. Mm. And it was just one of those things that when I was done, I just, my pin fell. I knew I was done and I felt good about it. And it's just kind of, um, it's an examination of why we feel the way we do about it, and then why we shouldn't feel mm-hmm. that way, you know, the way that we do. And I'm very excited about it. Was your pen smoking when you it? pretty it? much was, yes. Is it like after SpongeBob when he wrote that big fancy the? <laughs> Can tell you've been watching SpongeBob. We've been revisiting SpongeBob. It's been wonderful. Yeah, it's man! I'm going to... <laughs> okay. I don't even know how to react to it What are you talking about this I'm going to tell you what I'm talking about. I'm going to watch every... I'm not even going to listen to what you say today. That's how preoccupied I'm going to be with trying to fucking it's been you. (laughs) Um, Somebody said somewhere, I think on Facebook, that they it's been themselves. I do it in my head all the time. In front of like other people who weren't in the know and they were like, what are you doing? (laughs) I, I will do it to like people who talk on tv and on youtube but for some reason here in this room it is so hard to do so strap in fraser what you don't know is i just do protection rituals on me before (laughs) i record with you that lets you not get me exactly that's what i've been doing you have like a black candle in here with it's been scribbled on it somewhere (laughs) fuck you okay uh today I am going to be talking about a, I guess it's not that old, but I'm going to be talking about a commonly used essential oil that everyone goddamn uses pretty much. Like old with an E. Old. Ye old. Kind of. Yeah. And also it's just, um, even people who are not very, they don't practice. You know, the people who are like, I don't do that witchcraft stuff, but then they light a bunch of candles and pray over them and like yeah. use essential oils and it's like frankincense and you shit. Sure? Yeah. You sure you're not doing that witchcraft thing? Uh, I'm going to be talking about tea tree oil. Oh, my favorite. So um, that's kind of what I mean by old. It's not 
it doesn't have a huge history to it. It's just ingrained it's in just our lives. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So <sighs> that's what I'm talking about. I have a very long history with tea tree oil. Yeah, same. It's just it's just something that's been present ever since I was like pubescent. Mm-hmm. Honestly, mm-hmm. it's like ever since then. I've just this everything about it. I just it's everything. I love it so yeah. much. It's heralded as uh, the miracle oil in some cultures, or the miracle cure, and um, I'll get more into all the the medicinal uses. But it is so. I've used it in ways that I personally have seen the effect. I exactly, especially on acne, mm. and um, I mean I've used it on my skin my whole life mm-hmm. um, because it has a much more diluted ability. To, uh, similar to a retinoid on your skin. You know, it, that cellular turnover process, yeah. it can do very similarly, not as intense. Um, and of course, like, dilute it a little mm, bit. Like, course. if you put it straight on your skin, it yeah. can burn. Um, but I've been using that, you know, in like a, a solution forever. And it really, yeah. really helps. It helps with all kinds of issues. Oh, almost everything. Lady issues. Almost everything. Like, yeah. I mean, it's so versatile and gentle for the most part. Yeah. And, and just... Uh, I'll get into it. It's got so much there. But first, I got to show you this. But first. Somebody very kindly did a very nice thing. Um, but, 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 you know one of them, and you did call it. Ah! Oh! <laughs> oh, shit. Let me put my notes down. Yes! She sent us a lovely little note. Oh, my gosh. Uh, her name is Joelle. And she said, uh, after drawing Charlie, I had to include Macy. Did you? Oh, shit. Is this us? Isn't that the most precious thing you've ever seen? my God. Look at our cute little sweet faces. I know. We look like princesses. I'm actually wearing that literal dress today. You are very much very similar. And she was And I have that skirt for the most part. (laughs) That's, no, that's your, like, actual skirt, man. And she's got your crystal and everything. Um, she was very generous with my proportions, so I'm quite happy with that. I love um, her style. <laughs> it's so, it's so adorable. Cute. Dude, we have to put this up in here or somewhere. Yeah, maybe. I want to frame it. Oh, shit. Should we talk? I'm sorry. What what was? This was at Joelle. Joelle. If you follow us over on our uh, Facebook page, and if you have joined the the discussion page which is there let me just clear it up a little bit there is a patreon private page yes and then there is a general facebook coven discussion page which is open for everybody to come to um and i've just seen some people be like i don't know the password and the password's <laughs> only if you're a patreon so <laughs> yeah don't worry about that just join the other one uh but over on our facebook she you might have seen it she posted um a, a very amazing i can't it's even, so great it's so good this drawing that she made um for the the queen of set queen queen of the segway uh mm-hmm. bend the knee to charlie queen of the segway and i'll put up another picture of it but uh and then she did this one which we're gonna have to take a picture of that is so sweet I, it's adorable and she's so cute like her little packaging has little little runes on it oh cute Ooh, ooh, i love it yeah there's algae's and it's also a a diet Dr. Pepper. Hell yeah. Packaging. Hell yeah. I just yeah. love it. I thought it was super cute. That is adorable. I love Thank you so much for sending that. I um I I I wrote her, I DM'd her and just said, Can I put this on um the Facebook? Can I share this? And I was like, I love this so much, thank you. And then I sent it to my mom and my mom flipped out. <laughs> and I so I just wrote her again. I was like, oh, I just wanted to tell you my mom 
really loves this. <laughs> and I was like, she made a joke about framing it. And she's just like, I'll send you the original. And That's she did. So That's sweet. fucking crazy. Anyway, man. I love I love drawings. I, I love them so uh, much. I, I mean, because everybody has their own style. You know, oh, yeah. and just to see that, like, to see us reflected in somebody's style, I can't get over it. I can't. I'm, like, having a little panic I know. Attack. Look at your face. Look how cute your tiny face is. <laughs> I feel like I look like Ariel. You know, you look like an elf. Oh, I like, I do with my hair yeah. pulled back like that. I look like a, the one in The Hobbit. What's her name? Um, the Evangeline Lily. Is that her? Uh, but I don't remember her her elf name. I don't either. The girl elf who likes the dwarf. <laughs> as aficionados as we are, I didn't like the Lord of the Rings. I didn't like the new the new hobbits. Um, uh, they you know, did not do it for me. It didn't do it for me either. I think that people who get really upset about the fact that the Hobbit wasn't as great and grand as Lord of the Rings, well, of course it wasn't. The Hobbit was a children's book. Yeah, no, I just get mad because it was a fucking cash grab. For no reason did it need to be that many movies. And no, absolutely not. And and even if you watch the behind-the-scenes stuff and you listen to Peter Jackson, they at one point, way back, Jackson, I heard it. they ask him, they say something like, would you ever be interested in doing this again? I think they may have even explicitly said, would you make The Hobbit or something? And he was like, after doing Lord of the Rings, he, he was, no. He was like, I'm not interested in doing this again. So, um, well, and you can tell, I feel like his heart wasn't in it. Like, so much more was CGI'd. Yeah. You know, like it wasn't that raw, just incredibleness of the first three. It was just like he had to do it and kind of slugged through it. It was like he kind of phoned it in a little bit. Yeah. Um, but that being said, I think it's still a really good, like, kids' movie, Mm. just as it's a good kids' book. That's my feelings. I like the animated one more. From, like, the 70s. We don't want to go to war today. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. And the funny little things. <laughs> they had no wings. Oh, what shall we do? <laughs> With the funny God, little things. I love it so much. <laughs> you know what's funny is I didn't know... I had not even kept up with it so much, like, when The Hobbit first came out. I didn't even know it was going to be three movies. So, by the time the end of the movie rolled around, I was so confused. (laughs) It's like, what? And Clark was like, yeah, it's three movies. And as soon as he said that, I was like, I'm out. This is too much. (laughs) Before we go any further, Mm. we're going to do the Patreon shout-out that we meant to do two episodes ago. We're not good at what we do. And totally... What did we got distracted talking about? I think Soul Calibur. Soul Calibur. Yeah. So that episode, as well as today's episode, goes out to... Jesse From Shadow and Sage. And I wish that I had Jesse's girl. Does that work? Yeah! Here's the thing. I have the best intentions when I start singing in front of other people. I'm like, I'm going to do it this time. I'm and then gonna, you turn gonna, it animated. And then I turn it into a joke because my vocal cords tighten. And they constrict. the idea of someone hearing me sing makes me shit. I understand that. And you can catch Jesse from Saddle and Shape. You can catch Jesse from Shadow and Sage on the Instagram at Shadow and Sage. I'm going to have to just start talking like a robot. I don't think so. I think you're fine. I'm really worked up from these drawings and I can't stop talking. So go ahead. <laughs> All right. Well, get ready because I'm about to talk at you for a while. Please do. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about being sky clad. I forgot that's what we were talking about. Yeah, man. Oh, I'm suddenly embarrassed. Let's talk about nakedness and witchcraft. Mm. Uh, 
I do want to preface this by saying, like all things, you need to do what feels right. Mm. You know, that's the most important thing because at the end of the day, all of this is intention-based. And if your intention is being muddied by nervousness Mm -hmm. or uncomfortable feelings, it's going to fuck up your work. Mm. So leave your socks on if you need to. Yeah, you know, do things as you're ready to do them, you know. Uh, it, it, it is, this whole process is work and some people just, it's not for them. I'm mainly just talking about, um, the perspective of the person who does incorporate this. Mm. Um, but it's been good for me. So let's see. Uh, (laughs) practicing nude or sky clad, uh, is often held in a polarized opinion Mm. by the practicer. Mm. Um, either it is a great feeling of comfort or a source of extreme anxiety. Oh. You know, you, you very rarely are in the middle of that. I you feel know? like we're, we're once again on the end, yeah. opposite ends of that polar. Yeah. Because I mean, like, who do you ever meet where you're like, what do you feel about being naked in public? Take it or leave it. Yeah. It's like, you know, most people are like, <laughs> oh yeah, I just love, you know, I like it. Or it's like, mm. no, mm-hmm. you know. Stop. And let's stop talking about it. <laughs> yeah. Let, we're done here. Um, <laughs> But however, if you really think about it, you know, growing up and learning about witchcraft and ceremonies, oftentimes people were depicted as nude. Mm. Or, you know, when you think of witchcraft and all of this summoning and all of these things, it's nude. Everybody was in the nude. However, there's there's kernels of truth to that. You know, there is recordings of pagan practices that were done in the nude, uh, shamanic practices, shamanic journeys done in the nude, Hmm. ritual ceremonies, dances, tribal dance, things like that. Oftentimes when you get to that um, spiritual type of activity, there is a a thread of nudity Hmm. uh, that is strung along that throughout that. And there's, there's theories as to why that is. So when you do, you know, when you look into the past, you see almost um, this belief in, power or the state of nakedness Mm. it was a catalyst stripping down to that state meant something Mm. in regards to a heightened state of intention or you know and if not nude like lesser clothing Mm. oftentimes when you when you know you see indigenous type ceremonies they're oftentimes in minimal clothing if they're in clothing at all you know like a chest plate Mm. and like a grass skirt you know you're not wearing full clothes it's a stripped down um type attire we're clever by nature and we created clothing for a reason you know i mean because eve ate that apple well (laughs) well clothing is really a safety component for us and you know not quite so much now i mean of course it still is you know like our skin is our largest organ Mm -hmm. and when life was a lot harder, clothing was a necessity yeah. for one. And it, of course it still is like it protects us and it keeps us insulated or it keeps us covered or anything like that. It just keeps things more sanitary. Mm-hmm. It's hygienic. And because of that, over the growth of humanity, it's a, it's as much a part of us as the, our limbs. Yeah. You know? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Because it seems weird. The, even the concept that we're talking about nudity and it's yeah. can be uncomfortable shows that it is so present and yeah. it can change as far as like i like this type of fashion yeah. but you're wearing some kind but of but the removal of it feels like you're losing a part of your yes. human self like i shouldn't be doing this this is wrong exactly okay so we now have a second skin it is our second layer of skin and really it has become our skin mm. um without it 
nakedness feels stifling mm-hmm. almost, you know, but having it on, it's like now I have that I am a put together person, you know, that's where that sense of satisfaction comes from. And without it, you don't feel assembled. You mm-hmm. don't feel right. If that's the case, then what's the point of taking them off? You know, what what would the point of that be? Um, if you have this flexible layer of armor that really helps us so much, why work without it? Mm. And I think the answer to why you should work without it comes from the question of why we feel like we have to do it. Mm. Um, and when you take it away, there's a sense of unity. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, humans in our craftiness and in our intelligence and in everything that we've done, we've separated ourselves from the other inhabitants of this planet. Mm-hmm. We don't even see ourselves as the same thing. Yeah. We're not animals. When do you ever, when are humans ever referring to themselves as animals? Mm -hmm. Even though we are, we're just another creature on this Mm -hmm. planet. We're no different. And, you know, a lot of that idea has come from our creations, our constructs, things we've made, you know, beliefs that we now hold, Mm -hmm. things like that. It's taken us away from who we are as primal beings, our animal spirit. We, it's almost like we don't even see that as a possibility anymore. It's, We're, a, it's a barrier. It is. That keeps us separated. It's what separates us from the animals. It, in a big way, it is. Mm. You know, Because here's the thing. When you take off those clothes, you're no different than the animals. Mm. You are equipped exactly with what you have. And that's scary to us. That's all. Because we are not creatures that have claws or teeth no. or talons. We have our minds. Yeah. Yeah. So when you take this armor away, it leads to two different kinds of nudity, both of which are very confronting. Mm. First of all is obvious nudity, Mm -hmm. um, which can be immensely difficult on its own. Um, But it also leads to spiritual nudity. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, you're stripped down to something else. Mm. You're not your complete self. But what makes you think that you don't feel complete is actually your true self. Mm -hmm. It helps lead with a sense of connection, Mm -hmm. a sense of unity. And I, you know, I I wanted to be clear that I'm coming at this with the sense of earthwork. Yeah. However, I think with a lot of energy work, this can come into play. Mm -hmm. You know, when you take away one of the barriers of what separates us in our minds from the rest of the earth, you then can become the rest of the earth. Uh, And it's just an extra way to be able to shed the constructs because it's a construct just like everything else. And I'm not going to say that it's not necessary. I'm glad that we have clothes. Right. Yeah, absolutely. However, I think we have gone too far in the necessity of them or the belief that without them we're improper. Yeah. And I think there's the that's the that's the root cause, the root cause, you know, because let me see. I wrote this in like paragraph form, which I very much regret. <laughs> well, I've, I've also noticed that when we talk about something that is personal to us yeah. or something that we, because um, a lot of the times, because let, let's remind you, this is the witch bitch amateur yeah. hour. A lot of the things we talk about, we are not familiar with. So we yeah. do a, as we said in the first episode, a wide swath. Yeah. Uh, so we can present it to you so you can then take that information, do what you will with it, decide to delve into it further, yada, yada. However, every once in a while, we know what we're talking about. Yeah. And um, when we do have those, the way it comes out of us is more like what I'm seeing what you wrote It's just, here. Ca- it's like, it's, I'm, I can't even get them all in order to get it, it, it out. It looks like you wrote a book here. Yeah. Instead of 
like bulleted note points. Yeah. You were just writing what you already knew. Uh, yeah. Which I think is pretty cool. It, yeah. We don't, it, we don't get to be pros very often. Not often. And, you know, I this was um, this type of spiritual work because nudity is spiritual work. Mm. The process of becoming comfortable with your nude self is spiritual. Yes, that also means mental. Mm. But... Through a understanding of your spiritual self, it becomes to make sense. Um, when you first confront yourself nude and um, you're starting to understand or folk, try to try to work on that because it's so easy to you glance in a mirror and you see clothing mm. or you glance, but you don't actually oftentimes we don't actually look at ourselves. Mm. You're always looking at distractions of self. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a good way to put it. You know, distractions of self. So yeah. it that's the first step, and along with that, you have the uh, the anxiety of the pre-programmed beliefs that come with nakedness. Mm -hmm. You know, and um, some of this we did kind of talk about in the uh, the dance, the meditation dance. Yes, yes, about looking at yourself in the mirror. Con yes, and confronting that. And um, one of the reasons that makes that so tricky is you're faced with the pre-programmed beliefs that being naked is really a negative thing. Mm -hmm. um, it's immoral. Mm -hmm. You know, when you think about like writings of like European explorers and whatnot, the discovery of indigenous people, they were savages oh, for their nudity. they were shocked. You know, you know, we've been raised being taught those stories and those beliefs and it's tawdry, promiscuous, forward, crazy, signs mm -hmm. of mental illness associated <laughs> with those who you're taught. You don't want to turn out like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so we have all of these preconceived notions. So it that already makes it a strange concept, mm -hmm. you know? Like you have to first confront that. Am I crazy for even wanting to do this? That's step one. Right. You know? Because you're going to be told, yeah. Yeah, from almost every, anybody. Yeah. <laughs> and um, really, the further that we drift into material, into materialism and away from spirit, this increases. Mm. You know, this, this belief of it being this strange thing, because the further we drift away from our animal selves, the more foreign this even seems. Mm -hmm. It doesn't even make sense anymore. On top of this then, you know, and really I'm just explaining why this is so tricky for us, you know, like, and... I didn't used to be, I've always been confident, but I didn't used to be comfortable with my nude self. You know, I, I one had severe dysmorphia. Mm -hmm. um, and so that dysmorphia came from a culture of very clearly defined physical standards. Mm -hmm. And every culture kind of has variations of that. Mm -hmm. And we've been taught in a multitude of different outlets that failure to conform to those is just that, a failure. Mm -hmm. And so you have that programmed in, and that can lead to things such as dysmorphia or only a fixation on the lack of achievement of those physical things. And it just creates, instead of like this artistic piece that you are, you just see a mess. You know, you don't actually, it, it can fuddle your brain. And I've fully 100% lived with dysmorphia and now it's hard for me to even comprehend the images that I saw in my head it's actually yeah. a delusion yeah and um it's really easy to get that way and I think most people have it in some degree mm -hmm. because the worst and worse that this gets you know the this only seeing bodies as just bodies mm -hmm. not seeing their worth not seeing what they actually are constructed of not seeing 
the importance of what's inside of them, it gets worse. And I think that the more that we do that and focus on materialism and not spirit, it's going to get harder for people. And I think it's why it's hard for people to confront it today. Um, instead of being, you know, and I've talked about this before and it just kills me. Nowadays, it's more respected and like accepted to be self-deprecating. Like humor or like to, yeah. to like, even if you have an achievement, it's usually then followed by a, yeah, but I only did it because, of the, you know, you immediately mm -hmm. downplay yourself. And that's seen as humble nowadays. Mm -hmm. um, and really, it's weird now to build yourself up, to mm -hmm. actually see and convey yourself to others that you are an actual work of art, that you yeah. are something fucking special. But And that's, you know, right. weird. Yeah. Or, you know, they're like, oh, she's such a self-centered bitch. Right. You know, yeah. it's like. Or they think that you are trying to say that you have something that they don't. When yeah. In, in actuality, it's something that every person is. Yeah. yeah. We all have it. Right. It's something that everybody has. And so it's it's hard initially to get started with this lens of reality. But that's, it's just a lens. Hmm. It's something that we've created. And it's funny when you think about it that mm -hmm. way. When you really take apart like constructs, things like that, and just really just think that they are just an invention of us. We just thought up, oh, this is a thing. Let's do this. Yeah. It's really weird when you kind of pick all of that apart and you're just like, but why though? Yeah. You know, why all the time? Mm -hmm. What is the reason for this? Yeah. And a lot of places, not everywhere, but in a lot of places, we're no longer having to cover ourselves to not freeze to death. Oh, or cover yourselves to not be stoned. Right. So, like, I mean, we're not diminishing the, the yeah, safety no, and the importance the of clothes. The necessity of clothes. But when you're in, like, I don't know, like, your home. Yeah, this that's what I mean. Like, if you are about to step into a bath, but you can't look in the mirror, mm. that's what I mean. Right. You know, the, the disconnect of self. Mm -hmm. Because that's what that is. You are disconnected. You know, if you can't look at yourself and connect with yourself and actually feel the importance of it, that's a disconnection. A lot of that comes with first the understanding of getting away from that materialistic view of a body is an object, mm -hmm. you know, and that they are, you know, we've created that for ourselves. Bodies are something to be compared. They mm -hmm. are objects. They're mm -hmm. things, you know, instead of being the actual identities, you know, the ability for us to be who mm -hmm. we are. And, you know, not just it's not just something to drape clothes over. It's not something that you just hang clothes on to go about your day they're not what you are they're just something that you wear mm -hmm. when you think about humans and especially when you start getting into spiritualism one of the one of the first the first things at least for me and i know for you and a lot of people as it gets more popular is energy work mm. you know and you start researching energy how it yeah. works and and things like that and energies of the universe and different ways to channel it and places that it flows freely and things like that. When you start looking into that and understanding, you know, and it's a commonly used phrase that people roll their eyes about for new agers, but energy is everything. Right. You know? Yeah. It's, it's one of those things that people are kind of like, Oh, energy is everything. Yeah. But tell me energy is not everything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's impossible to say right. it's not like, because when you think about it, what would your body be? Right. What would you be without being an absolute powerhouse Unit. source of energy yeah. all the time? Every millisecond and billions of places in your body 
is so much that you can't even comprehend the work no that has to go on yeah i mean i guess you you can comprehend, i mean we are but... we are in every way a universe mm-hmm. in every single way it's like men in black yeah yes at the end yeah <laughs> i mean but it, it like it really is that way and it, we forget about that you know i mean the true actual one the miracle it is that you're here mm-hmm. the app this the ridiculous amount of things that had to go right mm-hmm. for you to be here yeah. you know so you think about that and then you just think about the energy that flows through you and the energy that you are. You're not just a body. Right. However, we are made, our identities, the people that we are, you and me, are made of two components. We are made of physical and we're made of spirit. Mm-hmm. And you have to have both. If you don't have both... You're a ghost or you're a dead body. Or you're a dead body. <laughs> you're not a human. You're mm-hmm. not an animal. You're not a living creature. Your physical self is of huge importance. Mm -hmm. It's of huge importance. It is half of who you are, no matter what it looks like, no matter, you know, like how you've treated it. The fact is, it's goddamn impressive. Yeah. You know, and we don't look at it that way. Yeah. We don't look at ourselves as really some of the strangest, most incredible machines ever. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and it's it's wild. The, the little things that you we take for granted that we can do yeah. just as humans. Thumbs, man. Yeah. Thumbs. Well, and. And eyeballs. Do you know how an eyeball how works? How complicated a fucking Holy eyeball shit. is? <laughs> it is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And even if you don't have eyeballs, like everything, uh, your nose, your mouth, your hands. Like, I mean, th- I feel like a lot of people can look at themselves and they see all these flaws. Yes. They see the way that this perfect machine has been broken. Yes. You know, I haven't I haven't taken care of myself or I, you know, I'm too big or too small and I'm one direction out of the yeah. BMI index or yeah. don't have all of my limbs or yeah. features. It's like, and they're, they just see these flaws, but it doesn't, it's not about being 100%. Yeah. I don't know, so I'm getting hot. No, you're right. <laughs> I mean, because the thing is, and that's like what I meant by we've created standards, mm. you know, and it's like, if you don't fall within those standards, you are incorrect. Right. And that's not the case yeah. because every body, both physically and spiritually, is as unique as a fingerprint. Yeah. You know, there is no reason at all to feel that you have to be like a certain way. Yeah. We've taught ourselves to think that way. Yeah. But it's not true. And it, and it's different from culture to culture to culture. Oh, absolutely. From time to time to time. Oh, my gosh. The, today's societal beauty and handsome, you know, norms Mm -hmm. are so different from what they've been throughout the past, where they are across the world. A couple of decades ago, you know, Twiggy, she was the thing. And it was like that super thin. Yeah. Girlish. Yes. Yeah. And now it's like thick with three C's. And like, what is it going to be in a couple of years? Exactly. And and it's like, what are you going to do? Are you going to try to change your body to fit that every single yeah, time? Yeah, you can't. I don't know. You can't. It's in examining these things that it really makes it easier to be like, this is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. You know, that when you really peel it back and look at it, it's just silly. Mm-hmm. You know, and so you have your physical body, that incredible machine. But along with that, you have this truly mind-boggling concept of a conscious mind, mm. which is a scary and beautiful place. You know, the thought of what makes us... I know. What makes that spirit body keeps me up at night. I know. With anxiety. 
<laughs> it is the ultimate question. I don't like it. Stop. <laughs> and within you, within every single one of us, is that question. Mm -hmm. But also, is that light, whatever it is that keeps us from being a corpse, mm. we all have it, if mm -hmm. you're alive. And that's my point at, at the all, at the end of this. And I know this has been, well, and I'm not quite at the end, but like, that's, that's really my core message is, you know, our bodies are impressive mm -hmm. and they're incredible and they are unique to every one of us. But at the end of the day, you, the only person you will ever truly know mm -hmm. fully to yeah. their extent is yourself. Yeah but you do have to get to know them. Mm -hmm. And that's really what matters. When you look into the mirror, see yourself. Try to focus on the fact of what you truly are, this spiritual body, mm -hmm. you know? Like several people, you know, if you ask, who are you? Or what is a characteristic that you first think of? Usually they'll be negative. Mm -hmm. It's a flat chest. Yeah. Or a big nose, mm -hmm. narrow shoulders, mm -hmm. love handles, something. It's always going to be. And that's the first thing you fixate on. Mm -hmm. You know, like you don't even see truth. Yeah. You only see your creation that yeah. you've made in your head. Wonder why that is. Mm -hmm. You know, like why is it that you feel that way? Why is it that you've been made to feel that the first thing that you have to focus on is that way and to apologize yeah for it yeah even if it's just yourself yeah you know these are really difficult conversations and i, I want to make that really clear i understand that i've had them mm -hmm. they're very difficult to confront yourself and be like why do i do this right. and a lot of the times roots with that are not pleasant you can get some scary and unpleasant answers yeah you, you can know? like it's just the concept to me now and i admit you know this is after a couple of years of working on comfortability mm. of just my skin, mm. myself. Looking, I, I remember thinking, you know, n n that nudity was, what? You know, mm. you can't, you can't do that. And, you know, looking back now, it, it's strange to think of, but I believed that way too, because we've been taught to, mm -hmm. you know, to where one, it's vain. Yeah. If you, you know, want to stare at yourself in the mirror and admire mm -hmm. what you see, which that's, ridiculous mm -hmm. that that's even a thing <laughs> I mean, it's just how dare you look at yourself with appreciation but it really is that way <laughs> i mean like think about it like if you're like looking in the mirror and you're just like man those are some like good tits <laughs> that's weird if you're just like saying that to yourself you know but it's not weird yeah. nothing about that is weird yeah. And so being able it's, to... It's, you know what? It's kind of the same as, like, if you looked in the mirror and you were like, man, that's a good top. Yeah. I mean, why can we do that so easy, but we can't look at our own fucking... Our own actual skin body, our real body, yeah. what makes us. The one thing we can't really leave. Yeah. You know? Like, <laughs> I'm going to astrally project. I'm like, going to freak out. <laughs> so ask these questions. Who are you really? Hmm. Like, who are you really? at the end of the day. What makes you, you? Is it those stupid things that you immediately think of mm. when you think of yourself? Mm. I've told this story before, I think. It's always stuck with me and I've never forgotten it. And it was very sad. And when I was in college, I was in a sorority and we went to our national event and uh, drove all the way to Kansas in a van. It was, I don't remember, 1,500 to 2,000 girls, every chapter all across the country sent three or four. And I remember there was an entire day spent on confidence. 
and self-acceptance. And it was the saddest day. I remember you talking about it. This. I've never forgotten it. I've never, ever forgotten it. Because it revealed to me such a problem. Such a problem. You know, and I'm like I've said, I'm fortunate enough to have always loved myself. You know, even if I didn't always see myself the true way that it was, I had that feeling of love for myself. And I was there listening to all of these beautiful girls just talking about the sheer just distaste that they had yeah. for themselves yeah. and inability to see themselves as who they were. And it was one after the other mm-hmm. all day long. And how many times when somebody says things like this, like I have, here's, here's my list of problems. How many times do you look at them and go, what? Yeah. Nobody sees themselves as the world does. Yeah. You know, you don't see yourself. And that's the thing. Nine times out of 10, somebody is looking at you with deep envy. Mm. But I've, I've never forgotten that. And it's gotten to that point with us. Mm-hmm. People are so disconnected from the actual true physical self that mm-hmm. they are. They only see themselves as the lacking of achievement of what they're supposed to be, mm-hmm. according to what you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And um, that's a problem. And it's really hard work, but it's it's something that, you know, even if you never get to the point to where you're walking in the woods picking up sticks naked. <laughs> Is that like Macy Tear? <laughs> yeah, you know, even if you don't get to that point, working on it, to find some degree of self-acceptance. It, um, it's not easy and we've been taught to make it not easy on ourselves. However, once you find that and you find that ability to look in the mirror and almost communicate in an energetic way with your reflection, mm-hmm. that opens up a whole new level of spiritual, just a, like awakenedness. Like I can't really, I don't want to say like, awakened you know but it's just this deep understanding of who you are Mm -hmm. i know that it's scary and somebody actually wrote into us and it's a topic that i want to cover and it is that existential fear Mm -hmm. you know how do you handle that how do you live with that fear of who are we where do we go when we die type stuff (laughs) i just i just ignore it (laughs) it's once you do you know part of this though when you look internally and trying to understand what we actually are and the strangeness of who we are and how we're here and your consciousness and your personality and how in the world do you hear a voice in your head when mm-hmm. you talk like that comes with becoming one with yourself mm-hmm. awareness is scary you know one of the truest statements to me is ignorance is bliss yeah. it is so true yeah because the deeper you look into how this all works what is this life that we live what is energy what yeah. is consciousness these are very scary questions. And a lot of ignorance is willful ignorance. Yeah. You know? It's easier. Mm-hmm. And I understand that. I do it all the time. I, I understand it, <laughs> you know, and it, this is just something, though, that I, I think it's good to practice. I think we have to reconnect with who we are. Mm-hmm. We have to start seeing ourselves as a species again. Mm-hmm. We can't just start seeing ourselves as some enlightened presence that, you know, these laws are actual true and you have to do this a certain way. And you, mm-hmm. when at the end of the day, we are creations of this planet. Mm-hmm. We are a species just like dogs and cats. We are another inhabitant 
of this earth. There's nothing wrong with being able to look at yourself in the mirror naked. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. I will, I will ask everyone again, if you never did it or if it sounded scary, try the mirror ritual. Just try it and work on yourself. And I promise you, I promise you with everything in me because I've done it and it's hard and it's taken a long time, but you will get to a point to where the person that you see in the mirror does not look like they used to look like. Mm. I don't look in the mirror like I used to look. I see a different person. So I'm sure that this has been kind of a rambling mess and I've tried to keep it in order and I hope it hasn't been too preachy. Neither of us, I think, are suggesting that you go out and do public ritual or group ritual yeah. or anything like that. I mean, one... You can if you'd like to, but well, I think... Yeah. <laughs> don't immediately right out of the gate push yourself to do something you don't want to do. Right. Or something that puts you in danger. I'm exactly. not telling you to go down a fucking... Do go and walk down your street naked. Right. Yeah. Be smart about it. But I'm saying if it terror... If you live alone mm. and it terrorizes you to walk around your house naked... Mm-hmm. Maybe look into that. Yeah. You know, things like that. Just starting to reconnect with you beneath the clothes. Right. Yeah. Which should be a simple concept, mm-hmm. but I know that it's not. Mm-hmm. And in closing, I really do just want to push that home. Like, to be nude mm-hmm. is to be you. Right. There's no influence. There's no other human type, you know, like, it, it, it's weird. It strips us down. Yeah. We are a creature. We yeah. are our actual created selves. And seeing our reflection in that state is almost like the act of removing the clothes is almost to me seems like it in, in some cases could be more pow- powerful than, than looking at your flesh. Yeah. Because sometimes your flesh, your body do- really doesn't represent who you are. Oh, that's an important point. I think just being that skin to skin with yourself yeah. is such a mental game. It is. It's a mental game. And it's um, it's one that we've made mental for. We've done it to ourselves. Right. Just like anything else that can be unlearned. Yeah. You know, at least to a degree of being able to just be cool with yourself. Yeah. You know, and you are correct. Absolutely. On how there are people that feel like they are in the wrong body. Right. Yeah. Just being comfortable with the concept. Yeah. Being comfortable with the concept of being a human being. That's that that's where it lies it's for me, is being a human being. Yeah. And, you know, for me it's it's less, you know, I have short legs yeah. and a and a long torso and this is how my body is. And, and no, it's just I am a flesh and blood person. Regina Spector says it great, and I love Regina Spector. She's one of my favorite people her uh, i mean just as a singer the control that she has is oh my god not even human at all and uh she has a a line in one of her songs she says i've got a perfect body sometimes i forget i've got a perfect body because my eyelashes catch my sweat Mm. and that's true yeah you know it functions yeah you know and i love that line and i think that is so beautiful yeah and those are the things we don't see yeah you know and that's kind of how i want to want to close this is think about yourself in that way Mm -hmm. think about the challenges your body has overcome yeah think about the act of growing and how incredible that is and how much it's adapted and changed and (laughs) grown babies or survived sicknesses or surgeries or injuries and um those are all part of your story and be proud of that be proud of what your body's done yeah and, um, it has really served. Oh yeah, it is your your physical body is such a servant yeah. for your 
spirit. Your spirit. Yeah. You know, without one, you cannot have the yeah. other. It's kind of like in Harry Potter. Neither can live while the other survives. Right. Like <laughs> yeah. you have to, you have to have them, you know. And, um, but that's really all I want to close with. I know this was long, but I hope that uh, this at least sparks some people on, um, if nothing else, just kind of a question of yeah. self, you yeah. know, just uh, do the mirror ritual. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I think that makes the second episode that you've ended it just been like, just do the just give mirror. it a shot, you know, and I, I'm really happy. We've had some people write in who did it. I was going to say. And they had very good things to oh, say yeah. about it. And I'm very, very, very happy to hear that. Yeah. Um, Your ritual has changed lives, man. I That is very crazy that's to cool. think. It's very crazy <laughs> to think. So that's that's my, this is my, my uh, core practice mm. spiel, I guess. Go get naked. Pick up some sticks. Go roll around in the dirt. If no one can see you, I guess. Like, just be careful. But look. <laughs> There's that. There's that. That's all I have. Okay, listen here. I've got stuff to talk to you about. Talk to me about a tea tree oil. Earl, as I disgustingly told you about earlier, so I sliced my little finger right open. And I did not have any Neosporin. Na 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 na. Neo. <laughs> yeah, so I just basically like wrapped a little rag around it. And I was like, what do I have? What, what can I do? What can I do? And uh, there, like a shining beacon was my tea tree oil. And I was like you because um it's just something i don't know if it's like around these parts but that is your cure-all basically i yeah i mean growing up that and witch hazel yeah they're everything you need uh and my mom such a witch would often have huge i remember these massive bottles just like a pint yeah or something of of essential oil and it would just constantly sit out next to the bathtub uh, because it would go into every bath. It would go into every mop bucket yes. with water. It would uh, go into every lotion, potion, and soap that she made. It was a staple around our house. So it is now, in turn, a staple in my house. Mm-hmm. And one thing that my mom does is, I just think it's so cute. <laughs> Anytime we make soap together, she's like, I'm going to make one that's scented like lemon and peppermint or vanilla and orange or whatever she's doing and at the very end she always like puts a little bit like a one of the dropper full things she like puts one of those in she's like that's just to keep things clean yeah i mean it is <laughs> it makes great sense it's that antiseptic yeah you know that you can just kind of pop in there she's, let me just and she it says it the same every time just to keep things clean oh cute <laughs> uh so i have grown up with it being present in my everyday life and I, to this day, will not mix anything for cleaning without tea tree oil. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm a big fan of making my own cleaners, especially if it's a daily I put cleaner. it in my floor washes mm-hmm. always. Yeah, I always add it to a floor wash, add it to my spray bottles. And I have a little recipe here for just a basic at-home cleaner. Uh, if I'm making my own, like, actual uh, disinfectant spray, yeah. I put it into that yeah. and just put it in extra heavy. Usually, even if I'm making scrubs and stuff, I'll do just kind of like my mom does yeah. and just plop it in at the end. Can't like, hurt. That's to keep it clean. Um, so it does have quite a signature smell. It's a bit of an acquired taste. Don't eat it. It's an acquired smell. I've seen it referred to as like a camphor smell. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but it's, it is very earthy it's and super husky. Earthy. It's uh, it, I because I have equated it this way so long in my life when i smell tea tree i smell medicine and i smell clean 
Hunter, anytime I use it, and I've never done this, so I don't know, he says it smells like gun cleaning oil or gun really? oil. Huh. Like when you oil guns and whatnot, every time I put it I on my can, face, he's like, that smells like gun oil. Like, I could see it because it, it has a little of that, and I don't, I wish I had the words to describe it. It's like heavy. Yeah. There is a, um, there's a real deepness to it mm-hmm. that is hard to find in a mm-hmm. lot of other essential oils because they're very flowery. It's and... it's it equates to me to patchouli. Really? They're both very yeah. like you smell it yeah, and, and you're like, like that's what that that's is. Stout. Yeah. Um, but I can't smell tea tree without thinking medicine. Yeah. It's medicine. Like, yeah. I just got cut or I'm yes. fixing something on myself. <laughs> um, I put it on um, mosquito bites. Yes. It fucking ends the yeah. itching. No. And I and I have scientific data here to tell you why oh good i've always wondered i just started doing it and it works it is absolutely not a placebo it's got um my legs are hairy it has quit it that's the shit we just talked about oh no now i can't cut it out you have to fuck yeah you can braid my leg hair what a i'm a badass i'm a fucking viking woman so tea tree oil its planet is Mercury. Mercurio. It's also tied to the moon. Uh, its element is fire, mm. which is strange because I would think it would just be earth. I Fire makes sense. I can see that. I guess in like the way it cleanses. Yeah. Um, and, and everything is, is very metaphorical with teacher oil, especially when we get into the metaphys. Mm. It is neither masculine nor feminine. Uh, the zodiac sign zodiac signs it's tied to is Pisces, Capricorn, and Sagittarius. Mm. Uh, and the chakra that it is related to is the solar plexus, which we just talked about. I love the solar okay. plexus. So I have some history on tea tree oil. Also known as Maluluka. Mal- Malady. It is also known as Malady oil. <laughs> tea tree oil, or, or Melaluca, mm-hmm. excuse me if that's not correct, is actually not a tree at all. Uh, this is yet another case of some pompous ass boy coming into a land that he's not from, mm. seeing something and just naming it. Oh, great. Um, so <laughs> it's a bush. It's a little shrub. Shrubby boy. It's a shrubby boy uh, related to the myrtle. Uh, and it is mostly from Australia and New Zealand. Yeah, that was one of the only things I knew about it is that it's from there. <laughs> So the indigenous people of Australia used the plant as medicine for uh, skin irritations and colds, flus, any kind of things. They would use this as medicine from uh, almost exclusively Mm -hmm. as medicine. Um, And in a lot of places you think, hey, you've got a cough, use some yerba uh, or you can't sleep. Try this lavender. They were just like tea tree oil tea for tree everything oil. ever. Have some. Chew mm. the leaves. Or I mean, I don't know if they told people. Tea tree juice, oil. But... Have some. Have some. That's a shirt. Uh, <laughs> I got it. By the way, the what was it? The blessed beans. Blessed beans. I read that and it was like I reached a higher level of consciousness. I was just like, whoa. I mean, it's brilliant. I we might need to ask if we could just have that. I I. <laughs> it's great. Hashtag blessed beans. beans. Um, Okay. So the way that it did get its name was from a guy named Captain James Cook. Oh. Who used some of the leaves from this shrub um, and various other shrubs that are also... Like at the he also called tea tree shrubs. Oh, just like it's he kind really of was a place. fan of that name. Um, but he used it to make a tea um, when he had not actual tea leaves left. So he built 
his own tea. I feel like that would taste terrible. Here's the thing. Bold move, Cotton. Because you it don't know. It could be poison. Exactly. <laughs> Let's see how it plays out. Um, And I feel like maybe somebody was like, hey, yeah, you can have this. Or he maybe had some kind of rudimentary knowledge of maybe, it. Maybe. Hopefully. Um, maybe he just wanted some fucking tea. Maybe he just really was shoving it. You know, any kind of leave he could find. Here's the, here's the disclaimer that we always give. You know, don't, like, ingest things if you don't know. Talk to your doctor. Yada, yada. But I have read that in a lot of ways tea tree can be toxic. Yeah. No, and kill you. You're not supposed to ingest it. You do not ingest it. It's topical. Um, which, doing research, I saw so many people recommend, like... Mouthwash? Well, see, even that's cutting it a little close That is to me. me, too. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. So many people were like, take it and, and just, it, you know, and it, you just got to be careful about shit you find online. Yeah, it makes me nervous. Um, I don't do it. You know, because it is, it, it can kill you. People have died. Mm-hmm. And anyway, he's just out here slamming tea of it. So he was fine, apparently. Tea tree has a history of being used in exorcisms. Love it when that shows up. That just, hey there. <laughs> Most major religions have actually used it uh, in for some kind of protective sense. I think it's because it's long been associated with cleanliness and medicine. So, like I said, a lot of the meta- metaphysical of this oil is is tied so heavily to its real world application or its mundane world application that they were like, "This cleans people and heals them. Let's use it to drive out the devil." So that's where that came from. But it's also one of those instances where. A lot of different religions have done it. And it's, it's interesting that they just kind of pick up on this thing. So, like I said, Australia used tea tree almost exclusively as its medicine. Um, from about the year 1732 is what I saw online. Until penicillin was invented. Which is, honestly, in the scheme of things, pretty fucking recent. Mm-hmm. And during World War II, every Australian soldier's kit included a vial of tea tree oil. Right. Okay, so what it actually is, is it's the oil that is extracted and made from the tea tree, or again, that melaleuca shrub. Recent studies have shown that the broad spectrum activity of tea tree includes... includes that one was very John Connery. so bad. Includes. <laughs> the broad spectrum activity of tea tree includes the following... It is antibacterial, antifungal, antiviral, and antiprotozoal. Wow. So it's anti everything. It's anti everything. It hates everything. <laughs> it's just like dark matter just sucks <laughs> everything into it. The effectiveness of this is um, only only topical. Mm-hmm. It's only been proven to be to have these properties um, topically. So if you're trying to fight off a virus. Don't think that this antiviral is going to work from the inside out. Yeah. Look, look other places. Um, also, a little word uh, word of warning for the little fuzzy ones. Um, I've seen a lot of people online also suggest to use it on their pets. Yeah. Um, which, to be fair, I did see that it had to be quite a high dose to do anything to a pet. But outside of maybe possibly hurting the skin um pets have died before from like chewing it off of their bodies yeah um so just be careful please guys do your research uh that being said warnings out of the way tea tree is borderline miraculous Mm -hmm. in what it can do in the mundane sense and in the spiritual sense it takes care of business uh here's some ways you can make tea tree oil work for you oh (laughs) 
Here's some uh, medicinal. Now, as always, consult our disclaimer, consult your doctor, don't take anything we say as medical advice. Uh, but word on the street that I've heard is tea tree oil can repel insects. Uh, and this is a big one because mosquitoes are so bad right now. They are. They are so much so rain. Bad. They're, and they're like the size of Labrador. They're huge. And I am, I am personally covered with them like i i'm sorry if y'all could hear it on the mic a second ago i was just scratching at one so i feel like in the background you're gonna hear some um but it's disgusting so slap a little bit on use a carrier oil if um you feel like you can't use it on your bare skin i can uh i, can't... I called myself a leather bag in a previous episode <laughs> That's what I actually mean is that I have skin that it's, can handle it. Somebody wrote when we were doing one of the exchanges, somebody was like, hey, is your skin sensitive to any oils? Uh, and I wrote her, I just said, no, I said, I'm basically a stone golem. That's yeah. like, <laughs> it can take it, whatever it is. But if you are not made of leather or stone, as we are, <laughs> uh, um, please use a carrier oil, test it out like on a inconspicuous area mm -hmm. i always like to use a tender area of skin as my that's your good gauge yeah you know because if it's not tender if it's not gonna fuck you up on a tender spot then yeah. you're probably okay like yeah. everywhere else if you do get bit dab a little bit of it on dab um i was gonna do it but i you weren't looking at me so i, I... I took the wind out of yourself before you had the chance <laughs> okay Dab a little bit onto the bites uh, in addition to disinfecting it. So it will disinfect the, the wound, I guess we can call mm. it. It's a tiny wound. It will keep it clean. It will also bring down the swelling yeah. because it is an... Um, it's an anti-inflammatory uh, mm -hmm. in its nature. It's going to bring down the swelling and it helps to kill the itch. Reducing the swelling. Like neutralizing the poison and taking that causes it. Yes, itching. exactly. And so it's cleaning it. It's keeping it clean. It's keeping it for itching. So it is one of the more, like the better things you can do for it. However, you got to be quick. Yeah, it's, yes. Yeah. If it's been there a while and if you've already been itching it and yeah. shit. But no, if you like, if they bite you. And, like, say if I'm out on the porch or whatever, and then I come in and I have, like, 12 bites, yeah. if I just dab all of them mm -hmm. and just sit there for a few minutes, the it'll, itch is gone in, yeah. like, two minutes. Yeah. Yeah, which kind of sucks. I mean, you, I guess you could put it on an old one just for its, like, keeping it clean properties. Mm -hmm. But it's probably not going to help that much with the itch. Um, you can use it to fight fungus on the nails, which is a big one. Um, a lot of people like to kind of take a foot bath every once and again. Or if you're somebody who likes to use a lot of nail polish, sometimes yeah. you can get that yellowed. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it'll help to clear that. Um, you can add some to your shampoo to fight dandruff. And as a bonus, it is said that tea tree can boost hair growth. Use it in a bath or even like a sits bath uh, to help treat yeast infections. Yep. Please, God, dilute it. Oh, yeah. You will burn your nethers <laughs> if Do you're not, not careful. Yeah. Don't be slapping a bunch of undiluted things on your jibbles because I don't It could be lavender and it could still Too be Too much like, yeah. can be enough. Like, it can burn. <laughs> it can help relieve skin inflammation such uh it can help relieve skin inflammation associated with uh, psoriasis and eczema. And it can also help to kind of calm down some of the itch or some of the pain that comes with it. And it will keep minor scrapes and cuts clean. Uh, it's also good for, as I wrote in my notes, it's good to work against athlete's food. <laughs> 
um, athlete's foot there. And I'm not sure if this counts as technically medical, but I just want to say this really will help with stank ass feet. Yeah, it's like it neutralizes mm -hmm. the bacteria get mm -hmm. under control. Mm -hmm. A few drops in a little foot bath, or you can even mix it in with some powder, let it dry, and then use the powder into your socks or on your feet, and it will help with foot odor. You can use it in household cleaning. Uh, like I said earlier, it does serve as a disinfectant. It has all those properties. But it also deodorizes, much like in the feet. And just like you said, Mace, it's because of the bacteria. Mm. So it's going to be the most effective against things that are bacterial in nature. So we're talking sweaty gym clothes uh, or sweaty gym bags, sports uniforms, any kind of old sweaty shoe uh, and bed sheets can be sprayed down or even washed in a machine that you add some tea tree oil to. I think that it's important to note that like sometimes you'll walk into your room and you'll just there's just a smell. Sheets get gross. It's your sheets man. Sheets get and pillowcases. Yeah because we like I'm bad about pillowcases. I am too. I will wash my sheets but I'll be like eh the pillows are Because they're a bitch to yeah. deal with. And you're gonna put them back on it's a whole thing. And I know that there are some people out there who they say that their yoga mat takes on a really nasty smell. Very easily. After could, a while. Yeah. And they're kind of porous. Yeah. And they're a little spongy. A lot. Um, I've seen people say that they avoid certain poses that puts their face too close to it because they don't want to smell it. Wipe it down with some tea tree oil. Dilute it and spray it down. And that will almost assuredly take care of the problem. You don't have to run out and keep buying like new yoga mm -hmm. mats and shit. You can also diffuse it in a diffuser to kind of get the get the stank out a little mm. bit. Uh, let's see, if you wear makeup, I cannot stress the importance of washing your makeup brushes enough. Um, especially if you're somebody who deals with like acne problems. Yeah. And you're just like, I don't understand what's happening. I've tried everything. I, I wash my face. Well, dude, wash your makeup brushes and throw a little bit of tea tree oil into the soap that you use to cleanse them to kill that bacteria. Because there's such a there's such a hidden little gross point yeah, and they just harbor they just sit there and fester and even if you clean them you got to think you're like they're never going to be completely clean no, there's sebum and yeah. bacteria in there and that's just not going to come off like i said before i like to use it in an all-purpose cleaner and i have a recipe for you here this is from melissa maker of clean my space over on youtube who I'm, I've actually been a fan of for a very long time. This is her recipe, and it's also the one that I personally use myself. It's two cups of water. 10 to 15 drops of tea tree oil. Now, she says 10, but I like to go a little heavy. Go a little heavy. I don't go a little heavy. Uh, and then a teaspoon of a dish soap of your choice. That's it. Shake it all up. Shake it before you use it. And that's your all-purpose cleaner. Love it. Uh, don't put too much dish soap in there though. Uh, but it's a really good way to control what goes into your home. Yeah. And you know what soap you used and you know what's in it. Um, once you start doing that, mm -hmm. like I'm out of my natural cleaner that I, mm -hmm. I make and you know that I, I trust now. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I have like always an emergency bottle of just like Clorox. Yeah. And I'm, I haven't gone to the store yet. And I like cleaned my kitchen with heavy and it felt like I destroyed like my good like yeah. good healthy like feel to it all and it I don't know it it, it also feels sticky it doesn't yeah to it, me. it leaves a residue yeah and I, it's a big difference so yeah I do and especially you know because I I'm barefoot all the time and your feet absorb everything mm -hmm. and so it's, like, it's kind of like to I didn't used to care at all but in the past yeah. couple years I really care yeah, and especially because 
you don't really want to nuke everything yeah, all the time. all the time. You know. Let's see. Now, on to the metaphys, which is relatively short because it's so tied in yeah. to everything that it does physically. It's kind of like Yerba Santa, like Santa. Like yeah. How it was. Yeah. Like... It's it, the, the way that it is magical is because of how it is mundane. Yeah. You know? So this oil is all about healing and cleaning. The magical properties match. Use this oil when you want to break hexes, which makes sense to me. Yeah. If you're, It's all about dissolving things. And it always brings me back to the way that you described negative energy of how you see it kind of poof, oh, like yeah. dissipating. Yeah. It will clean up negativity. Uh, if you want to encourage strength in yourself, add some to an amulet, uh, a crystal, a candle. You can also bathe your whole body in it for this reason. But it's going to add a little kind of like a layer, like a little protective armor it is the best oil i have seen now this is of course opinion but it is the best oil to cleanse auras and your upper chakras with uh and then of course as we've already discussed just as this oil drives off bacteria and disease so does it drive off the devil great <laughs> so that's tea tree oil very good yeah and i think that um i don't know i just think it's something that everybody should have and unless there's a reason you cannot use it I think you should use it. I think you should. Yeah, it'll probably help you in some way. And I think you will acquire the taste for the smell, you know? Some people really don't like the smell. Yeah. But I I fucking love it. It, you know, it, it's, it gives me that same feeling when you used to, I guess, like when you would clean with bleach. Yeah. And you'd smell, you know, like the next day you'd have like a faint bleachy smell. And you're like, I know that this bathroom has been cleaned. Yeah. You know, it gives me that same feeling. It's like, I know when I'm on my floor that it's fucking clean. <laughs> and I know that there's not any little baddies scooting around on it. And I know it's disinfecting, you know, it's keeping bugs away. And I just love it so much. Soaking in through my feet, making me strong, keeping away the devil. The devil? Devil ain't on my bathroom I ain't got floor. nothing on tea tree oil. No. We still have our charity fundraiser going on over on our Facebook page for Operation Honey bee. Save the bees. Our friend Kayla over at the Organic Artisan, or as we have lovingly dubbed her, the Honey Lady. She has so kindly sent over some bee facts. And I thought, you know, since we're still doing this, we're still chugging along, we're going to be going until the 31st of July. That's the last day to donate. I thought we could slam out some bee facts every once in a while, you know? So worker bees are female. They build the beehive and perform all the jobs necessary for the survival of the hive. Okay. okay. With me so far? Mm -hmm. And apparently in the teachings of Kabbalah, females have a special responsibility to help manifest the nourishment of the world. A bee smells, tastes, and feels with its two antennae. Hmm. It also senses things with the hairs on its body and legs. I love their little... Their little furry, little cute... They're always kind of like twitching They're around cute. i love them they're sweeties i almost i misread it almost and almost read it with like the hairs on its body legs which i thought was <laughs> really cute i can feel you with the hairs on my body legs <laughs> a beehive is built with wax produced in the special glands in the workers abdomens special with inverted commas the special my glands my glands i have special glands <laughs> a bee has Five eyes. One, two, three, four, five. Two large compound eyes on each side of its head and three smaller eyes on top of its head. Oh. 
One-third of human food supply depends on insect pollination, most of which is accomplished by the bees. We need them. Um... A third of our food. Yeah, it's a lot of food. That is a lot of food. Look up what are native flowers in your area. Mm-hmm. And if you want to, if you can, plant some. Because it's not just any flower. It's those native to our areas. So the little pollinator bees will fly around and do it. I, You know, we were thinking about for the upcoming Patreon gift doing seeds, flower seeds for pollinators. But they're, they're different mm-hmm. for each place. So it's really intricate. So go over to uh, the website that was recommended. I believe it's pollinator.org. And you can kind of check out what yeah. you can plant. Yeah. And somebody made a very good point about uh, certain things that you do plant. Make sure that they're not invasive. Mm. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. uh, that was a point that was raised on the spider ward episode. was like, if it grows in your area, cool. You know, the, yeah. the, you know one. You can leave it be. Yeah. But be careful to make sure in some areas it can become invasive. Mm-hmm. So do your research to make sure you're not fucking shit up worse. <laughs> Again, yeah. don't listen to anything we say. And if it's invasive and you just really like it, you can always plant it in a pot. Mm-hmm. And just do your research. Make sure that it's not going to seed onto the ground or, you know, ha- have it in your home or mm-hmm. on your concrete patio. There, There's ways to get around things without hurting our environment. And I think sometimes we have the best of intentions, you know, of like, I'm going to run around and scatter all the seeds I can. And then like in 10 years, they're like, oh, you should have done that. Yeah. There was always a quote I think of, and I might have said it before. It's a Turnpike Troubadours quote. And they say, I had good intentions until I had too many. Yeah. And then I'm, yeah. I think that about myself a lot. Like, it's, I, I had good intentions <laughs> until I had, I had too, too many. many. <laughs> and then um, I do want to, she, she included in the email with these facts, she said here a little rant but i think it's important because we kind of touched on it in the honey episode but we didn't really get into that much information and i know this is not tea tree or nakedness mm-hmm. like involved but uh it is important so when buying honey from a store check the label even if it says raw on mm-hmm. the label read the fine print because of a lack of fda regulations companies can cut the honey with corn sore with corn syrup, excuse me. And she says, notice if all the bottles have the same consistency and color, any beekeeper will tell you that every batch of honey will be a different color depending on, you know, what the what they've used to pollinate and what flowers, I guess, are that time of the year and parts of the world that it comes from. So a whole shelf of bottles mm-hmm. with the exact same color is a red flag. Some bottles of commercial raw, in quotes, honey can be used, uh, can be up to 70% corn syrup. And then it's also hilarious. She says those labels will typically say honey product Mm -hmm. on them. So that's how you can get away with that. So just check your honey, you know, check your information. I know that there was a big uh, push of interest in honey after the honey episode. Try local if you can. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, One that's good for allergies Mm -hmm. and shit like that. But if you have some, you know, some local keepers and try to get some. It's delicious. Mm -hmm. I love honey, especially good fresh wild honey, like wildflower honey. I love, and this is polarizing, I love honeycomb. I love it. It's waxy. I yeah, love it. I like it. I like to chew it. You chew all the delicious all honey the out sweet, of it. Nice, yeah. And then you get this awesome texture. From of, their special glands. You just get to chew their little gland wax. Gland juice. You can find The Organic Artisan over on Facebook at The Organic Artisan or on her Instagram, The Organic Artisan DFW. Mm. Check it out. Got some good stuff. Good stuff. 
We've got a review. There was no bean foreplay to that one at all. No. Damn. I got to keep you on your toes. Shit. I'm on them. This is exactly what they were looking for. Oh, hell yeah. That's what it's titled. Exactly what I was looking for. Oh, hell yeah. By It's Awesome! With a question mark or an exclamation <laughs> point. It's awesome! <laughs> I was so hoping for that to be the case. <laughs> I love the drama. It's awesome! <laughs> So, they said, honestly, I've been feeling lost and struggling to find my spiritual path. Mm. I came across this podcast and it caught my eye because the word amateur, <laughs> and I'm an amateur in this subject, yeah. started it from the oldest up and I'm obsessed. So funny, entertaining, and super informative, especially for a newbie like me. It is helping me with my spiritual journey and I'm extremely grateful for this podcast. 20 out of 10, for sure. Oh, shit. That's off the freaking charts off the charts i like the npr voice by the way thanks that's nice mm. uh it is official at the point of recording this the dad hat has been cleared to go through working on that crop top you guys uh, yep mm-hmm. it's coming it is coming gonna make it work uh, they're a little confused because what they're wanting to do is print the logo all over it <laughs> <laughs> instead of just one but i mean i don't hate that i kind of love it <laughs> we'll play with that I'm down. Uh, to get at that merchandise. And that dad cap. And that dad cap. Head on over to WBAHpodcast.com. We have an email. We do? One. Damn. You can email us at WBAHpodcast at gmail.com. Is that correct? Yes. You okay. <laughs> We are on Insta Jim. Come and meet Mr. Jim. At which bitch amateur hour? Yeah. Go shake Jim's hand. Shake his hand. His little little sweaty hand. (laughs) We are on Twitter. A platform I have never been on or really used (laughs) ever in my whole life. But you can find us on On, Twitter. On Twitter. At At Bitch hour. Bitch hour. You're copying me. Yeah, I just wanted to try it. Ooh, that was a real standoff there. I was sweating. <laughs> Our Facebook is at Witch Amateur Hour. No bitch on Facebook. No. Where can you find our Patreon? Over at patreon.com backslash. I think it's a forward slash. I don't know, y'all. Forward slash? It looks like a forward slash. It's one of the slashes, W-B-A-H podcast. It might be backslash. I really don't know now that you mention it. We're just going to say slash. Yeah. Whatever one is normal for a URL. (laughs) Uh, We have the cutest little P.O. box in Texas. Mm -hmm. What is it? P.O. box 865. Uh, Can't Texas. Don't tell me. Canton, Texas. Can't Texas. Can't Texas. Texas. Canton, Texas. Uh, don't tell me. 75103? You nailed it, man. Fuck yeah. You got it. It's hard to do when I'm not holding the paper. There you go. <laughs> when I don't have all the answers in front of me. 
We went to a restaurant the other day, and the waiter, I guess, was new. And he had a little cheat sheet in his pocket. Oh, cute. And we had so many questions, he eventually just, like, left us with his little <laughs> cheat sheet. That's how you learn. Here's the answers, you guys. I'm going to go get those beers for y'all. Speaking of beers, we have our family cookout for the July, July party today. It's technically after the 4th of July, and by the time this airs, it's way after the way 4th after of July. Way after the 4th of July. I'm excited about it. Michael McKean is in there. That was a surprise. Who's Michael McKean? Uh, Remind me. They don't allow no clowns inside leaving by the door. Uh, oh, uh, shit. That was are not those. It's not clowns, it's frowns. Dubbing over it for two seconds. <laughs> they don't allow no clowns inside. Leave them by the door. Bye. So why was that where I went? I don't know. But I think this episode is a 10 out of 10. Oh, God, that hurt. <laughs>